0: You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 210.
1: Referrals only come from relationships. So it is not about sales. It is not about, you know, making sure that you're pitching your business or typing out, hey, I, I am open for business by referral or the greatest compliment you can give me is a referral. You're not gonna be gimmicky or promotional. You're not going to ask because when you ask somebody for a referral, it makes it about you and referrals are never about you.
0: Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Well, hello and thanks for joining the show today. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, executive and mentor coach, and we have a great show for you today. As always, we continue our exploration of strategies, tools, and resources that coaches can use to build their coaching muscles, to grow their coaching businesses, and to engage with organizations to create a massive impact. Now, as the shows have continued, I've realized that whether you're a coach or not a coach, you're going to get much out of the shows that we offer, particularly the leadership shows, or like today, when we're talking to Stacey Brown Randall about Building your business through referrals without asking, as Stacy points out in her interview, any business owner is going to benefit from what she shares today. Now, we, of course, are focused on coaches as, as that's what the uh, show focus is. But I would say at any time, if you hear a show that you think, oh, my goodness, my friend who is owns a small bakery over here would really appreciate the content shared in the show. Or I have a friend who is a massage therapist who is building his business and would really appreciate this. Goodness gracious, please share the show with whoever could benefit. It's easy breezy to share an episode and it might get people hooked on the great content that the guests bring forward. So let me tell you about our guest today. Stacey Brown Randall is a member of the Business Failure Club. She talks about this in her interview and what she learned through that process. She is also a contrarian on how to generate referrals. And that is the focus of our interview today. She brings so much great content. She's also a supporter of the entrepreneurial dream. Now, Stacy creates programs that provide a roadmap on how to take control of your business. She's a three-time entrepreneur, an author of the award-winning book, Generating Business Referrals Without Asking, and host of the Roadmap to Grow Your Business podcast. Now, what we're doing today is diving in a little bit into the path that Stacy has walked. And then she is so generous. She's giving us all five steps to her process of generating referrals without being salesy, without begging, actually without asking. So I am not going to make you wait any longer. She was fabulous. I so enjoyed this interview, and I want you to enjoy it too. So let's go to my interview with Stacey Brown-Randall. Stacy, welcome to the Star Coach Show. Thanks so much for spending time with me today. Oh, I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. You are bringing information that people need to hear. So that's what it just makes me so excited. We were just sharing that Stacy was actually scheduled with me last week. A storm came through, wiped out her power right before our interview. So I am just so grateful that she was able to get me back on her calendar and bring this great information to all of you. Stacey, you work around this whole concept of referrals and your journey that got you to this place is is something that I think we all need to hear. So what is the path that brought you into this work?
1: Absolutely. And I know we'll get into this later, but I also want your listeners to know when we talk about referrals, we're going to talk about it going out differently and being a contrarian to how it's typically taught. We're going to talk about referrals without asking. So- Let me give you a little bit of my backstory and then we can dive into all that fun stuff as well. So good. Yeah. So, you know, here's what's interesting. I really wish that I had just woken up one day and God had been like, hey, guess what? I'm going to teach you, Stacey, and show you how to generate referrals without asking. And then you're going to go out and share everybody else. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) So did not happen You mean it didn't
0: happen that way?
1: (laughs) It didn't. I didn't just wake up with this like brain brilliance like, oh my gosh. I figured out this great way and let me be successful and then I'll teach other people. I actually had to go through a pretty tough journey to get to where I am today, to have this opportunity to share, not only can you get referrals without asking, but actually what does that mean and what does it look like? And their guess is a process that you follow. And the truth is my first business that I started, it was an HR consulting firm. And from the outside looking in, had you if you had seen my coach, so it, as my HR practice was kind of getting started, that consulting practice was getting started. If you were on the outside looking in, you really would have thought, Oh my gosh, she is like crushing it. Like she's got these big clients, like KPMG, one of the fourth large like one of the top four accounting firms. She's got Allied Bank. She's got all these big clients. I want to be like Stacy. Right. No, you did not. But you would have thought that, right? Because that's what we see when we're on the outside and we're looking in into someone's business. And you would have seen that I was being published in like World at Work and Workforce Magazine and all these different publications. You would have seen the interview on Bloomberg News. Like you would have looked from the outside looking into my business I'm like look at those clients look at that publicity oh my gosh she's doing great she's traveling around she's speaking at conferences but the truth is my business had a secret and it would take four years before that secret would eventually be the thing that sunk my business and i would actually have to hang up my shingle <laughs> like take it down put it away and go back to corporate america and go get a job and because, you know, there's like a the mortgage that has to be paid and all right. that kind of stuff when your business isn't making any money. And the reality of that is, is that the big secret that I learned, the big thing that I understood and that I really paid attention to when I reflected back on my business failure, like why did I make it four years, but I couldn't sustain it, is that I never figured out how to touch business development every day, but every day in a way that was really ultimately going to work for me. And what I mean is it needs to work. Like it just can't feel good for the sake of feeling good. It actually needs to produce results too, but you kind of need both pieces. If it's something you're going to do day in and day out or weekend and week out for the rest of the time that you run your business. And when I looked back on my business, I was like, okay, well then how did I get clients? And it was all through networking. Right. And I had two babies at the time. I have three now. Right. But like I had two babies at the time. I was networking, you know, every morning, every lunch, every afternoon, every evening. I don't know how many rubber chicken dinners I actually ate going to different networking events. How many seven million cups of coffee I'm sure that I actually had. And the reality was, was that I was just hustling entirely too hard for each client I did land. And not one of my clients came through referrals. So I sat with that realization and I was like, huh, if I ever go out on my own again, I need to figure out this business development piece. And it isn't the ability to get someone to say yes to working with me. Obviously, I was able to do that. It was the filling of the pipeline, like putting the people in the top that get to know about your business that then go through the buyer's journey and come out as a yes or a no client at the bottom. And so for me, it was like, okay, we got to fix that. So I went back to corporate America. I took an HR, I was a chief talent officer, took an HR job because obviously I had an HR consulting firm. But while I was there, because I knew corporate America was not a long-term strategy for me, I don't play so well in the sandbox all the time. I don't make the best employee. So I- Good self-awareness. That That is not one of my problems, (laughs) self-awareness. I'm very aware of the good and the bad and (laughs) the ugly. And so I I was like, okay, well, I want to I want to get back out there. What am I going to do? And I had fallen out of love with HR as well. I mean, that was another part of the reason that my business probably didn't sustain itself is that I kind of got tired of talking about what I was talking about, which is so funny because now I'm like going on like my eighth year and I'm like, I can't wait to talk about this forever. And I love talking about what I talk about now. But while I was in corporate America, I made the decision to get certified as a productivity and business coach. I figured productivity is my jam. It's something I'm good at. I just use it personally. Right. And of course I've had a business business failure. And what I realized in talking to business owners after having a business failure is that I had a unique perspective on the path that they were headed down. I could like see it coming, right? I'm like, Oh, you gotta, you gotta change courses or course, or I know exactly where you're headed. So I left corporate America. I was only actually back in that, back in a job for, I don't know, a little less than 18 months, got certified as a productivity and business coach, started my coaching practice. And I was like, okay, business failure, number two, not an option, can't go through that again. My ego can't take it, nor can my family manage going through that again. We got to figure this piece out. So when I looked back on my first business and I was like, where did my business come from? And it was like, as I said, networking and 7 million cups of coffee and now three children and a husband that works as well. I'm like, I don't have that kind of time and that's not how I want to grow my business. I respect the fact that it had to happen that way as I was building both my businesses, but three, four, five years in, that's not where I wanted to be. So I started paying attention to what didn't work with my first business. And that's what I realized, wait, I never got any referrals. I was like, well, let's get some of those for business number two. And I actually went to the all knowing Google, right? Because Google tells you everything you want to (laughs) know. And I went to Google and I was like, okay, friend, how do you get referrals? And then the advice that I received was all about, you know, it's the typical advice we get, how to ask, when to ask, or paying referral commissions. And it was like all these things that just didn't resonate with who I was, not Mm -hmm. who I am as a person and not how I want to get up every day and have to show up for my business. And I was like, there has got to be a better way. So I started this business and productivity coaching practice. I started to grow it really fast. I used some of my old school tactics that I've always used like networking and letting people know what I was doing now. Right. And I definitely, you know, went to probably seven more million cups of coffee in that first year of that business. But I really focused on how do I get referrals in a way that I don't have to do it. Like everybody told me to, like, I don't have to ask, I don't have to get awkward or uncomfortable. Like how do I do it? And I started having success. And in my first year as a productivity and business coach, I received 112 referrals. I couldn't even work with that many people, which means at that moment, right, you start raising your rates. And then, of course, you obviously, because you go, you've got you know, more demand. And then, obviously, at that time, you start being able to get a little picky about who you say yes to. And everything builds right when you have clients that want to work with you. And so as that coaching practice expanded, I realized, OK, I'm on to something here. But for me, it was my referral process that kept me from a business failure. I mean, that was ultimately why I did it, except that I was coaching small business owners and solopreneurs who were like me. And mostly, most of them were business owners and parents, which is also the, you know, the path that I walked along. And so of course, productivity business coaching was perfect for what they needed. But then they started seeing my practice grow. And they're like, what are you doing? And I was like, Oh, I'm getting referrals without asking. And they're like, how are you doing that? Yeah. Give like, me some of that sauce. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Let me have some of that. I was like, oh, I don't know. Right. I mean, truly I guinea pigged on my own business
0: because I didn't want to have this business fail. I didn't want to end back up. In well, it wasn't America. an option. You knew you didn't want to go back to corporate America. And as you said, your family, your ego, yourself just was not going to go through another. This isn't going to work. Right. And you know,
1: the other thing I did when I started my second business, the productivity and business coaching practice I gave away all my suits. Like I was like, burn the bridges, All right, burn the ships. Like <laughs> we're we are not, we're going, not back. going back there. No, we are not going back. I was like, burn the ships. We're not going back. And so for me, it was like, oh, this is working. And so my clients were like, how is it working? And so then I started to teach it to them in our coaching sessions, really just one-on-one. And that helped me figure out, oh, Impressive. it's five steps. And this is what it looks like. And when something wouldn't click with the client, I would be like, Why isn't that clicking? And I'd be like, oh, he needs a visual. Oh, she needs it defined this way. And that helped me really refine. The process not only for my own business and now consistently receiving more than 100 referrals every year and have now for seven years, but also from that perspective, it allowed me to teach it to other people and watch other people have success with it. And that's when I realized, okay, this isn't because I'm a coach. Yes, it worked for me as a coach, but I had it working for attorneys and CPAs and realtors and financial advisors and interior designers and home stagers, right? So it was working for other industries and it was working for us no matter if we were an extrovert or an introvert. And it didn't matter if we were B2B B or B2C. So it helped me realize it really is a process that you have to make the decision to implement in your business. It's still, there's still work involved, right? But all of that, realizing all that, I was like, oh, I can, I can't teach this to everybody. It's not a fit for everybody, but it's a fit for a good amount of folks who truly don't, who want referrals, don't know where to start and don't want to ask for them or pay for them or be super cheesy and promotional and gimmicky to receive them. And just a couple of years ago, I just made a whole shift away from my business and productivity coaching practice. And now I'm full on the last couple of years teaching my growth by referral strategy and teaching this way of how we go about generating referrals. And now there's other pieces and parts to my business. I have sticky right. client experiences, which make sure you are actually referable, right? Got to be referable to right, see right. referrals, right? And then I have some other things that I do that I bought forward for my coaching practice, like my goal finishers club and other things. But really the main focus of my business is on this whole concept that you can get referrals and you can get them without asking. And again, I did it because I couldn't have a second business failure, but now it's so fun to watch other people be able to share in that success.
0: Well, and you could just hear your excitement and it's like, there's no way that Stacy doesn't like to talk about this. She <laughs> definitely likes to talk about this. So maybe we should start with, for all the people who are now sitting up, ears open and wondering, what is a referral? Okay. So that is such a good question because we
1: all assume we have a definition, right? I remember somebody came up to me and they're like, there's a sales trainer that's telling everybody that you shouldn't do what you say, go after referrals. You should go after introductions. And I'm like, does he even know the definition of a referral? The problem is, is that we take other sales terms and we kind of just use them interchangeably with the word referral. So we talk about word of mouth referral or word of mouth buzz or introductions or warm leads and referrals. And we talk about them like they're all the same thing. And in reality, there are four distinct different types of leads or different types of prospects. And so when I explain the definition of referral, it's very easy to see, oh, well, that's what I want. And Uh I don't want the other things that I've been calling maybe a referral. So here's the thing I always tell folks, when you're thinking about a referral, it has two parts that any other sales term, definitely a cold lead, but also a warm lead, word of mouth, buzz, or introduction, does not have. And the two things that a referral has, so that you distinctly know it is a referral, right, is that it's going to, one, have a personal connection. You will always be connected by a referral source to a prospect. And that connection will 99% of the time happen over email. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can happen opener a group text thread. Sometimes it can happen, you know, one day when we all go back to seeing each other in person, someday it can happen when we're all at the same event. And they're like, I'm going to drag you over here to meet this person because you guys need to work together, whatever it is, right? It can happen, but it is never the, Hey, here's a name, and number of someone who I know needs you give them a call. That's actually just a warm lead. It is never, Oh, I was talking to a client of mine and they definitely need to hire you. They'll follow up with you. That's word of mouth buzz. Those things
0: aren't referrals because you haven't been connected to the prospect. With a warm person connecting you to that That. other warm person. Yes. Yes, and
1: we call that warm person who makes the connection happen, the referral source. And the only reason why the referral source connects you to that prospect is for the second reason that it's a referral. And that's because there's a need that has been identified in the prospect. So not only number one is a referral always going to have a personal connection, number two, there's going to be a need identified. The prospect is going to know they're a prospect. They're going to be in buyer's mentality mode. They're going to be thinking, I need a coach. Who do you recommend? Right? I need someone to help guide me in this part of my life. Who do you recommend? So they know,
0: right? Yeah, if this isn't I, like, oh, crud. Why is that? Why am I here in this conversation all of a sudden? Right. Why do I feel like I'm being pitched? and I don't know why I'm being exactly. pitched. Or why do I feel like I'm in a salesman?
1: They know because the need's been identified. Now, the reason why the referral source connects you with the prospect is obviously because the referral source trusts you. Of course, they trust you to solve the problem, but it has to happen with that personal connection. And then the need identified, the prospect has to know, oh, I'm the prospect in this process. They don't think that, right? But that's, right. ultimately they know they're in buyer's mentality mode. That's why they're willing to meet with you. So when people tell me, yeah, I want referrals. They're quicker to close. They're easier to close. They're less price sensitive. It's like a new client just fell into my lap. It's because they've been personally connected to you and the trust has been transferred and they know they're a buyer. They know they're a prospect and they have that need identified. Now they're willing to have a conversation with you just to see if, okay, are you the person to help me solve my problem? And that makes the whole sales process faster, quicker and easier because they show up with those two points, which is what most people miss, which is why word of mouth buzz and introduction and warm lead are not the same thing as a referral.
0: So what does the audience need to know about gaining referrals? So you've done a beautiful job describing what it is that we want. And as you said, everybody's probably like, oh, hands up. Yes, I want those too. But what's the process? So here's the thing. I always tell, I'm a step-by-step
1: kind of girl. That's how I like to learn. And it also seems to be how I like to teach. So I'm going to walk you through these steps of what it looks like if you want more referrals in your business. But here's my disclaimer. (laughs) I'm going to make some assumptions. And one of the big assumptions I'm going to make is that you are actually referable. I'm going to make an assumption that you do great work. And it doesn't matter to me if you've been in business for 33 days or 33 years. I'm going to make the assumption that you do great work. Now, not perfect work. That was not the word that came out of my mouth because things don't always go according to plan. And sometimes we have to fix the problems that arise with our clients, but that you do great work, which means you are referable. I'm also going to assume that you can recognize and understand a very important mindset shift, which is referrals only come from relationships. So it is not about sales. It is not about, you know, making sure that you're pitching your business or typing out, hey, I I am open for business by referral or the greatest compliment you can give me is a referral. You're not going to be gimmicky or promotional. You're not going to ask because when you ask somebody for a referral, it makes it about you. and Referrals are never about you. And the whole
0: principle to what you do is referrals without asking.
1: Yes. So actually, if you want to ask for referrals, you should
0: just stop listening. (laughs) Because
1: you can't do that and follow my process and have my process work. Because my process comes from a place of you being authentic and respecting the relationship you have with your referral source and going about deepening that relationship and strengthening that relationship in a different way so that we have the opportunity to take care of them plant referral seeds, and then gather the referrals from them afterwards because we're following this process. So, but again, I'm assuming you do great work. I'm assuming you understand that referrals only come from relationships and protecting that referral source relationships that you have is paramount, which is why we don't do the gimmicky stuff and the asking stuff and that really cheesy stuff that people tell us to do. And we don't offer behind the scene kickbacks, right? Like those aren't the things that we do. When we're thinking about this, we're thinking about this from the referrals sources perspective and honoring that relationship is key. Okay. With that disclaimer in mind, let me just hit the highlights of the five steps and then we can dive into any of them in detail that you want to. So step number one is probably the least sexy of all the steps.
0: Then let's just get it out of the way.
1: (laughs) Right. Because it's, it's so valuable. And I tell folks, if you won't do step number one, stop and abort because you're none of the rest of what I tell you is going to work. But effectively what this is, is step number one is actually taking the time to identify your referral sources and doing that in a way where we're getting true data from your business, which I can go into detail about what does that actually look like, right? Like what is the, what is the laser focused, precise way to know exactly who your referral sources are? Because what you do for them is irrelevant until you know who they are. So first we identify our referral sources. Okay. Second, We always make sure that when we receive a referral, we do exactly what our mom has taught us and we write a handwritten thank you note. Now, this step may seem obtuse and like kind of out of the process, but please do not assume you will get more because you are incapable of thanking for the ones you've already received. So it's just kind of like important. Yes. It's back to human basics, right? Back to like just being a good human, right? And you don't think by email and you don't think by a voicemail and you don't think by even a phone call. Right? You thank by handwritten thank you note, and there's lots of reasons for that, and it really is helpful when people think about, like, okay, I'm going to write a thank you note every time I receive a referral. All right, so step one is identifying your referral sources. Step two is making sure when you receive a referral, you write that handwritten thank you note. Step three is, okay, great, I know who my referral sources are, and when I get a referral from them, I know how to thank them, but what do I do throughout the year to deepen the relationship with my referral sources in between being able to write those thank you notes? And that's step three, which is you build a referral generating plan, or for short, just a referral plan, which is just a planned approach. It's a series of outreaches that you're going to plan in advance so you do them that's going to allow you to take care of your referral sources. But we're not just doing things to make our referral sources feel good. And that is the goal, right? We want to make sure we impact how they feel about us because we are impacted by how we feel about them. They draw business into your lap. They make it easier for you to grow your business. Of course, unless you're dead inside, of course you should care about them. And of course you should want to do something more than just one or two times a year, sending them a thank you note. Right. And so ultimately we need a plan of how we're going to take care of those referral sources. But step four goes so, so closely with step three. It's almost like cooking a meal and then forgetting all the spices, right? It's like the secret sauce that makes the meal taste good. Step four that makes step three work is Mm -hmm. the language that we use. And we call this planting referral seeds and understanding the language we use when we're doing our outreach or when we're writing a thank you card or when we see them in person or having a conversation that very subtly allows them to subconsciously always think about us from a referral perspective. It's not overt. It's not pushy. Right. And in some cases, it's just thanking them for being a referral source. You can't always say the same thing. That's why we have different language pieces and different scripts and stuff that I teach in my program. But it's the language that we use that allows the impact that our step three, the referral plan has, that impact our plan has, but also getting them thinking about us in a certain, very specific and certain way, which is referrals. Okay, so we know who our referral sources are. We know how to write a thank you note every time we receive a referral. Now we have a way that we're going to take care of them year in and year out. We have those Mm -hmm. touch points, that outreach established. We know the language we're going to use when we're doing that. And then step five comes around and kind of ties it up with a pretty little bow, which is, this is great, but you've got to make it happen. And you're a very busy business owner. And so to create this referral experience for your referral sources, you need a process. You need a system. You need to actually execute on it. And so step five is really just how we take everything. And in, inside my growth by referrals program, we call it processitizing. I know that's not a word. I just like <laughs> saying it. We make it. Yes, yes. We make it a word. So it's funny because my GBR students will be like, I processitize that. right? But it's the system, right? right. It's just the work. It's like how we take what we built and then put it into your workflow so that it actually happens. Whether that you're a solopreneur, you're an individual coach, it's all you. How do you make sure you make those things happen? Or maybe your coaching practice has grown a little bit and maybe you have a virtual assistant or other people on your team helping you. How do you delegate that? Or maybe you have a little bit of money and you can actually hire someone to help you with this. Great. How do you outsource it? Whatever your situation is, it gives you options to understand, okay, I got to make this happen. So how am I going to make it happen? And I have lots of people, lots of coaches and consultants and other type of business owners that come to the program. And it's just them. Right. And so it has to be able to function within your business because let's be honest if you say you're going to do so many touch points in a year and then right. it gets to the last month of the year, you can't do them all in one month. That's creepy, stalkerish, and weird. Right. Right. And so this is a, an experience. Right? This, and think about an experience. and experience is, impacts how we feel, but it's typically these touch points that happen, right? This outreach that happens by another company that makes us feel a certain way about it. It's the same thing with your referral sources. You get to do these things throughout the year. But this isn't just sending a whole bunch of gifts, and this isn't throwing a whole bunch of events, and this isn't a whole bunch of always just writing handwritten thank you notes. It's a mix of things that allow your referral source to feel the ultimate goal, which is to know, wow. Meg actually really cares about me. Wow. Right. Stacy really cares about me. And then we use those opportunities to weave in the referral language. And that's where the magic starts to happen. Though it's not really magic because it works. Right. But that's where it starts to happen in terms of you starting to receive more referrals. And most people are like, is it that simple? And I'm like, mm, it, is, it but is, you still have to do the work. And that is the piece that everyone's like, oh, that consistency thing. That's where that comes into play, right? The execution, the consistency, making it happen. And the truth is, and it works for people on varying levels, just depending on like what their business is and how many referrals they need. I mean, some people are like, how can I get a hundred referrals like you? I'm like, what does it matter if you can only coach 30 people in a year? Right. You don't right. need a hundred referrals. You need like 40 so that way, if you don't close all of them, you're still going to get the number of clients you need for the 30 new clients you need a year. So your referral explosion or what we're ultimately after that year in and year out number of referrals received is really dictated based on your capacity. But still, the process remains the same of how we cultivate our referral sources and be
0: able to generate more referrals from them. So good. And a couple of things that you said that just really stuck out, stuck out to me, knowing that coaches are primarily coaches are listening is the importance of language. We talk about the importance of language in coaching all the time. So mm-hmm. when when you think about weaving that into your process, Stacey, I hope that for many of you who are listening are like, I get it. I get the importance of language. I get the importance of connection through that personal touch of handwriting the letter, that it's about deepening the relationship. I mean, everything you said, it's like, oh, this should be like, Oh this is our happy spot. If we understand more about what Stacy is saying, this just makes sense. It is right. and and that whole concept of consistency and if you don't if you don't build the structure and the the process then it's just not because life happens, right? And you get busy and then it's a week's gone by and a month's gone by and so you've got to build the pieces in. Oh so 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 good. So yeah. Stacy, which piece of that I mean maybe even getting clarity at the very beginning it might be the least sexy but it's definitely the most foundational how what are some tips that you can give us about how to identify those referral sources
1: You could not be more right it is absolutely the foundational piece and it's the piece I tell folks if you won't take this step again to stop. Yeah. Because if you don't know who we're doing anything for and who we're trying to build a relationship with, like what does the rest of it matter? So I always, I always tell folks like, it's not what you're doing. It's who you're doing it for what follows when you know who the, who is. Right? So here's how you do it. It's not a hard concept. If you have a client relationship management tool or a CRM in your business, maybe this will be an easier process for you because you can hit a couple of buttons and it'll produce a report for you. For the rest of you, they're like, yeah, I kind of operate off of Excel, which is how I've done it forever and ever. I don't do it that way now, but I did for so many years. With they're opposite, operating off of like, you've you got paper files or you've got an Excel spreadsheet or whatever it is. What I need you to do is I need you to take an Excel template, just grab an Excel spreadsheet. And it needs three columns. The first column is going to be the date that somebody became a client or the date they became a prospect, whatever it is. So remember, let's make sure we get the language right prospect is somebody who is interested potentially in hiring you, but hasn't yet. And a client is somebody who was a prospect and then said yes to working with you. So you're going to have the date right Of the, when they, when they first learned about you, right. Or the date they became a client, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Then in the second column, you're actually with the date, you're going to list out when that client became a, like, what's that client's name. So we know the date they became a client, who's the client's name. So it's really just like pulling a list of your client's, This Mm -hmm. is the easiest way to start. Pull list your clients, include the date that they became a client or they became a prospect, right? And then identify how they first heard about you. So it could be that they saw you speak at a local chamber event and they decided to come up to you afterwards or follow up afterwards and hire you because of that. It could be because you're in a group or a leads group together that they have had watched you in action and they're like, wow. She could really help my business, right? She could really help my life. And then they decide to hire you. Could be that they answered a cold call. I doubt it, but maybe they answered a cold call that you gave. Maybe they answered a Facebook ad. Maybe they met you at a trade show, whatever it is. Maybe they met you networking or if they were referred to you, but you're going to identify where each client came from. How did they first hear about you? Is this networking, right? When they referred by Stacy? Did they answer a Facebook ad? Did they f- fill out the contact information on my, on my form, on my website? Whatever it is, you identify the source. So you've got this list of clients. You've got the dates they became clients. That just helps for sorting. And then you've got this their lead generation source, which is effectively how they learned about you. Now for the, my purpose, what I want you to do is create a second tab, copy and paste that first page into your second tab. And then on the second tab, go through and eliminate every client row where they were not referred to you. So you're just gonna get rid of everybody that wasn't referred to you and what you're gonna be left with are all the clients who referred them and the date they became a prospect or the date they became a client. And this is gold. Because ultimately what that third column is, that's the list of your names of your referral sources. And I'm gonna make the argument, and I I like to say that I'm right a lot, not always, but right a lot. And I know I'm right in this. That actually, that list of referral sources is actually your business's biggest asset. I don't care if there's three names on it or 30 names on it. That list of referral sources is your business's biggest asset because these are people who for whatever reason have decided that they trust you and they're willing to put their reputation on the line and refer other people to you that will spend money with you. Mm -hmm. And that is a big darn deal. And so this list is a list that if you cultivate them correctly, they'll give you more referrals. Can you have the one person on the list that's like a one and done and will never refer you again? Of course. But lots of times you're gonna have people on that list because they're gonna be current clients, previous clients, or what I call alumni clients. They're gonna be centers of influence, people who know what you do, they don't do what you do, but they come across your ideal client. It could also be family and friends and strangers as well. But the reality of it is, is when you look at that list, Mm -hmm. that is the list of people you need to have a fully locked and loaded relationship with. Then you need to be taking care of them and you need to be using the right referral seed language so you can generate more referrals from them because they've already shown a propensity to refer you. So you start there. Now, for those of you who do this process and you're like, I got one or two, three, maybe four people on my list, or I've got none. It happens. There is a way to take people in your world, your clients, your contacts, and turn them into referral sources. So all is not lost. But if you've been in business longer than a year, Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe just even if you've been in business a couple of months and you've received some referrals, this is the process you want to go through to identify who your referral sources are. And you, we're just reverse engineering it, right? We're just looking right. at it from our client's perspective. How do they hear about us? Okay, great. That gives me my list of referral sources. You can also do this process with the prospects that said no to working with you for whatever reason, but if they were referred as well. And that gives you a a total list of who all the people who've ever referred you in your business. I don't need you to go back 12 years, but I do need you to go back. If you've been in business one, two, or three years, I need you to go back one, two, and three years. Once you've been in business longer than five years, I typically tell folks, go back three, maybe four years. Mm -hmm. And that's usually long enough to get really good data in your business. And ultimately what this is, is your biggest asset. And it is your list of gold. And it is the people who send you clients without you having to do much. And now we're going to take care of them in a way and use language in a way
0: to be able to cultivate more referrals from them. So, so, so good. So I know that you teach this and and obviously have this, have this list and or like this process. And I would love to be able to get all of it. But obviously, in one interview, we, we can't harvest it all. What I would like to throw to you is if we dove into just one more of your steps mm-hmm. or got just a little more intel from you, which piece would do you think would bring the most value to the audience?
1: So it's probably a toss up between step three and step four, right? It's probably a toss up between creating that referral plan, that planned outreach, and then the language that you use. But let's start with step three, because mm-hmm. sometimes the language that we use is dictated by what we are doing. And so when people always say, okay, give me an example, like explain this, like what are this touch, these touch points? What does this outreach look like that I'm doing to my referral sources? And they start thinking things like, am I supposed to send everybody a bunch of Cutco knives, right? Like, <laughs> they start going to places,
0: I'm supposed to do these huge elaborate events, right? I'm, I'm deepening this relationship by just giving them everything I can think of, huh? Right. And so, and the reality
1: is people don't need that. I mean, all those things right. are nice. I'm not going to say if you want to do okay, but they're not necessary. Lots of people come into my program and they're like, I'm on a shoestring budget. So we need to make this work on a shoestring budget. So the way that I teach it is that there's actually different levels or categories of things that you can do. And we kind of get into understanding a little bit about like memory and runway and um, like care languages and how do we be memorable and meaningful and what does that mean? And what does that look like? We could really dive into all those pieces, but let me just give you an example and you can kind of, my goal is is to give you this example and you to have like an aha moment and understanding how this kind of connects those kind of pieces connect
0: beautiful
1: so one example that I would give you so when I was back being a business and productivity coach and I was obviously growing my coaching practice and I was also working and, start, and doing this on the kind of also doing this in addition which is teaching people about referrals just like I do today I did back then and I reviewed my referral source list and I knew exactly what my referral sources were and I had a planned approach every year how I took care of them and what I was going to do when I reviewed my list when I did step one and I identified my referral sources, I recognize some commonalities amongst my referral sources. Not always the case with everybody, but actually it is more so than you think. What I recognized is that my referral sources that were referring me business, yes, some of them were clients, but not all. But what a huge majority of my top referral sources had in common is that they were also parents. So they were business owners that were also parents. Sometimes your referral source list will mirror your client list, but not always. And Mm -hmm. I would say it only typically happens about 50% of the time. For me, though, it just happened to. So when I looked at the top referral sources, I was like, wow, almost all of them are parents in addition to either being a working professional, of course, or being a business owner. So when I thought about how do I be memorable and meaningful, right? How do I not just send, you know, like I, I do actually tell everybody you should send a personalized Christmas card, but instead of like just sending the generic Christmas card, like everybody else sends from like bought from a stack of 50 from Hallmark, like how do I stand out in a way that's memorable and meaningful? Well, they're parents. So part of it's one of the things we call in the program called off guard holidays. So one of the touch points that I did every year, it was hugely popular was I recognized Mother's Day and Father's Day. Now for some of my referral sources, it was just a Mother's Day card or a Father's Day card, but still they weren't expecting to hear from me, a business right. productivity coach on Mother's Day or Father's Day, right? This stuff's reserved for like, you know, parents and kids. Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> And but yeah, makes old. them feel so special that you thought of them on that day.
1: Yeah. And so some got a card, right? Because that's what the budget would allow. But for my top referral sources, particularly on this, and this one Mother's Day that I'm thinking in, in particular, I actually mailed each of them a Wonder Woman water bottle. Now, here's the thing you need to understand. The Wonder Woman water bottle did not have my name on it. It did not have my logo on it. There was no promotional swag added to this water bottle. It was just a Wonder Woman water bottle that I bought online. And I bought a bunch of them, right, to send them to my top referral sources. And the card was something, it was, it was generic because it was like for everybody, but it was very meaningful for them in terms of it said, hey, never forget you are a hero, Like, And what that said to them is, well, Stacy sees me. So as you can imagine, people didn't forget who gave them their Wonder Woman water bottle. Right. Nobody gives a grown woman a Wonder Woman water bottle. And this is before the movie came out. Like in the movie that came out just a couple of years ago. This right. is like years before that. Like This I like was original a,
0: Wonder Woman stuff. Original
1: yes. st- I like thinking of myself as a trendsetter, bring Wonder Woman back, right? And now right. the most recent movie And came we have out. you to thank you for the new movie. I mean, yeah. And now there's a second one coming out, right? There's, I think the sequel's coming out, the series, whatever they're doing. Right. There. Anyways. But I sent a a Wonder Woman water bottle with a short note. And once she removes the note, there was no mention of me on that thing. But they never forgot who thought about them and recognized them in that way. And so when I talk to my students about you've got to be memorable and meaningful, right? It's because when we're memorable and meaningful, and sometimes that means touching like a Wonder Woman water bottle, and sometimes it means funny, right? It kind of runs the gamut here. What it does is that it impacts how I feel about you. And when I can impact how I feel, how you feel about me and you can, you know that I care about you and you know that I appreciate you and you know that I appreciate ultimately what you're doing for me, which is getting me referrals, right? it kind of builds it within them to keep doing that habit, to keep doing that action. Because this isn't something like, oh, you gave me a referral, great high five, thanks so much, talk to you in five years. Right. It's you have no idea what that means to me and let me cultivate a relationship there with you. And so that's the piece that I think sometimes people miss is that I didn't have to send a Wonder Woman water bottle. If you didn't have a budget for that, I mean, they're like less than $10, but like, if I didn't have a budget for that, the Mother's Day card worked too. But when we're trying to be memorable and meaningful, and we're only doing this a handful of times a year, I don't do something every week. I don't do something from our referral sources, even every month, right? I'm doing it a handful of things throughout the year, but there is a cadence to it. There is a a way that we get specific on what is memorable and meaningful. We call it minding your M&Ms GBR program, but there's a specific way that we look at doing this that allows it all to work with the right language to the right group of people and making sure we're impacting how they feel about us because we're telling them and we're showing them how we feel about
0: them. So good. And people like to be appreciated. I mean, it it feels good to be acknowledged, to be, to just be like connected like that. I mean, it is, I can imagine getting that without, and I love that it doesn't have any logo. It doesn't have any, it's not about here. You can have this because it promotes my business. It's like here, I think you are a Wonder Woman. and. And that's it. And, and have, have a happy Mother's Day. That's so good. That's a wonderful example. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, my pleasure. So when we, obviously, this is cultivated and you've thought it through and it's such a great, it's a system, a process that you have. How can people learn more about you and what you do?
1: Yeah, well, so if they're interested in the Growth by Referrals program, The program is the name, it's growthbyreferrals.com and they can learn all about it. But I always tell folks, sometimes you need to understand where you are in your process or journey of learning to generate referrals without asking. So the easiest place to start is actually a simple nine question quiz. It's called the Referral Ninja Quiz. And once you take the quiz at the end, it's gonna give you a Referral Ninja level. Now, where I want you, is at the master level because that's where I am and that's where the fun happens and that's where I want everybody to be. But the reality is you may not land at the, at the master level because only 2% of the thousands of people who've taken this quiz without working with me first land at the master level. But you're gonna land at a certain level and then you're gonna get a roadmap of what it looks like for where you are, what's the gap of where you are at the level you're at to where you wanna be, which is the master level. Like what's the roadmap, what are the gaps? And then you get to pay attention to, okay, what do I need to learn to move myself through? So I have a podcast, I have a book, I have articles on my website. We have a free Facebook group. I mean, there's so many places you can go to get free minus the book is like $17, but where you can get information to start on this journey to generate referrals without asking. And then at that point when you're like, okay, I just wanna learn from Stacey or I wanna go deeper, or I wanna take it to the next level, then you've got my program, Growth by Referrals. But I really would tell folks just to start with a quiz, It's very simple to find. It's referralsquiz.com.
0: Very simple. Referralsquiz.com.
1: Yep. Just go right there and you'll be able, and of course you can find the quiz for my website, which is StacyBrownRandall.com. But regardless, go to referralsquiz.com and take that quiz and then start your journey from there based on where you're starting
0: from. So, so good. Thank you for bringing your expertise to us because I really think that this is information that, we all need to hear anybody who's a business owner and brings value. And I love that you laid the assumptions up front because there's some some things that we have to be sure we're delivering in order to begin to receive referrals without asking. Thank my you. Pleasure. I just think that people are amazing and that is reinforced to me each and every week when I meet my incredible guests and learn from them and and the lessons that they share from their journeys, their failures, their successes and that's exactly what Stacy did today. So I thank Stacy Brown Randall again for coming on the show. If you'd like to know more about Stacy, about her Book, Generating Business Referrals Without Asking, her podcast, The Road, the Roadmap to Grow Your Business, go to StarcoatShow.com forward slash 210. That's going to take you right to the episode page for Stacy. And links are there to be had so that you can connect with her and connect with her information. I invite you back next week for my interview with Heather Campbell. Heather is a marketing expert. She is so much fun, high energy, creative, and she's going to share with us five marketing mistakes that even really smart coaches make. Now, she's not just sharing the mistakes with us. She's sharing what we need to do instead. And not only that, she is joining me for our Facebook Live on the morning of November 18th. So as always, I'm on Facebook Live to answer your coaching questions and to give some tip or strategy at 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern on the Star Coach Facebook page. Well, please join me on November 18th, especially because I'll be joined by Heather and we are going to share some additional insights and just let you meet Heather and ask any questions that you might have for her as well. So I'm excited about that. I invite you to put that on your calendar so that you can join us as well. So until next week. This is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a wonderful week.